Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to, of course, the first Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast of the week. And we begin today, or tonight, or whenever you download it, we just begin with the Premier League games, where Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Brighton and Hove Albion, no one ever says their full name. Everton Rovers won at West Ham United. Manchester United Hotspur came from behind to win against Aston Villa United. And Arsenal beat West Brom. This, of course, was the reaction to all of that across the TalkSport network. United will probably make more changes on Tuesday night as the schedule continues, that grueling schedule for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men. But it's three points in the bag here this afternoon. Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 3. Oh, fantastic. We are focusing on the football and we're focusing on performing every time we step on that pitch, every time we train. And the boys have been exceptional. They, they, their focus has been spot on. We've, we've got this group gelling together and uh, it just showed, again, the character of uh, once again bouncing back. I think Manchester United can challenge next season. If you look at the rookie managers going into this season, you have Frank Lampard at Chelsea, you had Mikel Arteta, or at the trophy to, to back him up, and you had Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. One of those has been fired. The other one should have been fired by now. So I think as much as I've given Ollie stick on this programme, I will make a small apology and say that I think, unlike the other two, he's learning on the job. He's clearly improving. It's Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 2, and Mason Greenwood has put United ahead for the first time in the game. He turned Tyrone Mings, who perhaps should have done better there. Every game he plays for Man United, he wants to do his best. He's 19. He played Thursday night, ran his socks off for 90 minutes. Then he plays here again. He's tired. He works so hard and then when the moment comes, he scores. He, he's just got that quality in and around the box that not many have. To get the three points today and obviously to, to get that important goal to get us um, ahead in the game, it's, it's always a good feeling scoring for my club. It's what I've always wanted to be doing, so now I'm just living the dream. Aston Villa down to ten men. Ollie Watkins, second yellow card, makes a red and uh, he's gone down in the penalty. And Ollie Watkins gets sent off for a second yellow. I know for a fact the referee cannot be certain that it has been touched because I've watched it slow down five times and I don't know. So to give him a yellow card, is questioning his integrity. Full-time here, Arsenal 3, West Brom 1. West Brom have been relegated from the Premier League. This result confirms that. We didn't do enough against the bottom six when we played them. That was one factor that I made clear to the players if we are to survive. We never managed to win the games when or, or from winning positions, end up drawing instead of winning. And that's the only, the only thing I can point at the players. The rest evolved very, very well from the end of January onwards. Uh, and had enough time 
in the past games to have won them to give us a better chance of staying up. I'm still not saying that we might, we would have stayed up, but at least we should have still be in the shout with three games to go, and that's not the case now. I think Sam's the absolute man to stay, and I think he'll make them champions next year. West Brom, I think they'll come mm. back up, bounce back, they'll do a bit of a Norwich, and I think they've got really if he can keep. I mean, obviously, it's very difficult with loan deals because Fulham have got this problem. They go down with quite a number of loan players at their football club, which obviously you can't keep if you go down to the championship. I mean, Fulham are probably in a better position than West Brom are, but I do think Sam will navigate his way through the championship and bring West Brom straight back. We have to show something after a huge disappointment that's really hurt. We needed to win, and it's all we can do now in the Premier League, um, try to win our football matches and see where we finish at the end. West Ham nil, Everton won, and a masterclass, you have to say, from Carlo Ancelotti because he's switched to a back three and smothered all of West Ham's threats. Uh, really important because keep us uh, in the fight for Europe and so that was uh, our target. Difficult but after the defeat against Aston Villa we need a result here because if you don't get a result here you are out. We were focused, we had uh, strong motivation, uh, we defended well, uh, good spirit. It will be fantastic for us to reach the sixth position in the table. David Moyes had 63% possession in the first half but just didn't muster a shot on target. I thought we played very well today. We played very well with the ball. Something we're trying to improve on so if, if I was judging improvement I would say that was a, a, a big step forward in that today. But when it got into the final third we didn't we didn't capitalise and in truth we played really well at Burnley in midweek but we made more openings and we still didn't take them so even against Burnley in midweek we had numerous opportunities. Today we didn't and the one or two we did get we didn't take. Very proud because they deserve it. They deserve it. In the second half, they did a fantastic job. Uh, so let's try to, to repeat this on, on the 90 minutes. It's something that we have to correct. And the way we go in the match, our, our approach is not the right one. So we must build on that. I've said all along, until you get the points that you're mathematically there, you've got to keep fighting for the points. And uh, nothing's changed from our perspective. We've got another three matches to play. We need to focus on the next game, which is West Ham, like you say. Recover, lick our wounds and go again. Now over to game day and the Champions League final dress rehearsal, which of course is a saying you're going to hear from now until the end of May and it will probably drive you mad. Where of course Chelsea, would you believe, beat Manchester City 2-1 down at the empty hat. City of course fluffed their lines to win the title with Sergio Aguero choking on the big stage, missing a penalty with the worst penalty of all time. Oh, I think I'll be clever and win the title. Well, it didn't work, did it? Now, before the game, Kevin De Bruyne spoke exclusively to Talk Sport and claimed that City would potentially dominate football for the next 50 years. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, he was joking. Anyway, here's Aguero and that penalty he later apologised for to right. And please do not play the laughter track. He steps up right-footed. Oh, and he chips the ball straight into the arms of Edouard Mendy. The most casual, pathetic penalty you have ever seen. <laughs> Oh, you're horrible, but good work. The only justification of this is if it goes in. Well, you could probably argue that on any penalty given. If it goes in, it's fine. Mm. But it's something that I just think it's an ego thing and it's not... It's like the underarm in tennis. It's like rolling the ball in mm. cricket, the mm. bowling the ball under... You know, I just find all that bit just... disrespectful. Yeah, yeah right? well, a bit disrespectful. And also is you don't need to... You just don't need to. You score a penalty, score it the proper way. The siren seems to be the hardest word. 
missed a penalty. He's not said, right, I'm going to do the Penenka to miss it. I mean, he's trying to bring a bit of value to it and score a goal. He's missed a penalty. He's not the first one or last one to do that. So I'm not sure why he's apologising for it. This team is set up in such a good way that I think they can do that for the next four years in, in, my, in my case. But I think the way they set up uh, from top to bottom, what I saw, I think they, they, they are ready to set themselves up if, if they stay this way to be good for the next 50 years. Comes back to Alonso, scoops it in and it's a winner for Chelsea in stoppage time and that will dash any hopes that the title is going to be won here today. want to do it as quick as possible because in, in football, in sports, never guaranteed. So you have to win it, you have to do it. Still, we are not here. We are the first option to do it. And now we have five, six days to recover and think about, about the game again against Newcastle. We are very well aware that it starts from scratch and the final is a final, which might sound boring, but it's the truth. It's, uh, it's the context of a final is very special. And, and still, we will arrive with the knowledge, with the experience to, to having beat them, to having beaten them twice now in a short period of time. And, and this should help us to arrive with full confidence because this is the most important in a final. Yeah, it's staying with game day and Leeds United beat Spurs 3-1 at Ellen Road with Patrick Bamford scoring in front of the England boss Gareth Southgate with a capacity crowd of one. Harry Kane had a perfectly good goal chalked off due to the fact that he forgot to cut his toenails in the morning, according to Barry Groves, or something like that. Tottenham won't now finish in the top six, meaning Kane will leave in the summer. So says Mickey Gray. Anyway, here's commentator Sam What's the Matter With Your Face with a bit of a rant over VAR. I am absolutely fed up to the back teeth of not knowing whether or not something is being checked, being reviewed, whether it is or it isn't. You're sitting in a stadium, you haven't got a clue what's going on. If you're a supporter, it sometimes can depend where in the stadium you're actually sitting as to whether or not you know if there's a VAR check going on. Harry Kane lifts it over the goalkeeper and Tottenham lead and the flag goes up belatedly. Did look just offside. It will be checked. The fans who sit in one part of the stadium with none the wiser than others who can see the big screen get a system like the Champions League where everyone in the press box, because funnily enough, not everyone is watching on TV and has access like they do to the sound from the VAR in their ears, give it to everyone, get it on the scoreboards, get it on the monitors in the press box, force stadiums to have scoreboards that everybody who pays their entry money can see and if we are going to do it let's do it properly i'm fed up of amateur hour it's the premier league and uh, the eagle eyes of danny mills were never ever in any oh, kind at of least, at, at least all, two indeed. millimeters offside that was anyone can see that that isn't offside because you're you're getting something that's been struck off for at worst i thought it was level right yes at, at worst it's his little left toe or whatever yeah. and the way that he took the goal was art. It's like the, the yeah. dink coming over. For, so that's why you pay, if you're watching the telly, that's what you pay to see. If you're, that's ridiculous. The offside rule has to change. It has to change because there's too many good goals that are being struck off. The VR, if he'd have just gone, no, it's onside, no one would have complained. No, no, no. Nobody would have complained the- at all. Harry Kane will leave Tottenham this summer. I don't think they're finishing the top six. West Ham are not going to go away. Liverpool ain't going to go away. They're not going to catch Leicester. And for the 15th time this season, Patrick Bamford finds the back of a Premier League net. You need to do more than score goals to get into the England squad, but um, keep trying to do what I can in the last four games and 
see what happens. I mean, I've done all I can and just keep pushing. Now, the British boxer Billy Joe Saunders was stopped in the eighth round by Saul Canelo Alvarez in the super middleweight title fight in Texas. The place, not the DIY store from the 90s or 80s. Anyway, the Mexican fighter damaged Saunders' right eye with an uppercut, which he couldn't recover from. Boxing journalist Andy Clark said BJS, yeah, that's what I said, did well, but SCA, Canelo, was a different level. He can hit and move and make things very difficult for anybody. And he did make things quite difficult for Canelo during periods of that fight. The first round was very, very tight. The three scoring judges at ring side all gave him that opening round. Canelo, though, I thought over the course of the eight completed rounds that we did see, I had him 5-3 up after eight rounds. Two of the judges had him 6-2 up. The other one had it same as me, 5-3. And he he had his moments, particularly in round five. He had a good, strong round and he and he posed some some serious questions for the Mexican. But but Canelo is just that level of fighter that there's always that threat there. He's always just on top of you, taking your space. He's always within punching range. And when he lands, it looks heavy. So even though I had it close-ish through eight rounds, you could see that Canelo was was taking over, I thought, at that stage. And he had a massive eighth round. He had a huge eighth round. Staying with boxing, GAD, Gareth A. Davis, said that the Joshua Fury contract is still not yet agreed. Mm, That was a surprise. Although it's looking likely to take place on August the 14th in the Middle East, if it happens, which of course it probably won't or will. No one really cares until it's signed. So sign it! Sources close to Fury are telling me they're still not optimistic of the announcement tonight. They've moved towards a date which is looking at August 14th, still in the Middle East. Tyson Fury's been in and around Eddie Hearn all week. The final heads of agreement contract with the Saudis doing their due diligence is not quite there yet. For me, this was D-Day in many ways. This week, but I will tell you, it's 100% being announced this week. I've said that a few times. We had a good meeting with the governing bodies where you know we, we confirmed our position to them for the fight, so I'm not going to say too much. And we finish with Danny Kelly and the gang on Andy Goldstein's Trans Europe Express, which a lot of people say, not as good as when I used to do it. Okay, not even me. It is better with Danny. We know there's been a lot of speculation about whether the Champions League final would and should go ahead in Istanbul, bearing in mind, of course, that they have been added to the government's red list, which basically means that no supporters from either Manchester City or Chelsea would be able to attend the game should it go ahead in Turkey as planned. What we're hearing tonight that UEFA are to hold formal talks with the British government tomorrow with a decision expected by the middle of the week about possibly uh, moving the game to Wembley Stadium. I think from a PR perspective, this is a win for UEFA if this is the way that they go. Because if you had lots of fans, as soon as the red list announcement was made, it was going to make this incredibly difficult. And if you're seen to be either, you know, putting people in danger or just creating problems where you don't need to, then that doesn't look great for UEFA. So I think this does offer them uh, a route to change thing, even though this will be two years in a row where Istanbul have lost the final effectively. I think there is a way around it. And so this seems a very sensible way forward and it'll just be about small concessions from UEFA. But if they can get the capacity up over 20,000, that will look good as well for it as a spectacle.
That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on my show tonight, Andy Austin, Sports Bar, Monday, Thursday, 10 pm, with, of course, the fun boy taking your calls after Fulham play Burnley in a Premier League relegation six pointer. I'll be honest, we probably won't take calls on that. It'd be a bit of a bore job. But anyway, there will be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.